This is the Colts Free Agent Tracker, a look at some key in-house free agents this offseason. Hello again and welcome to another Colts Free Agent Tracker. This is where we're looking at key free agents, in-house free agents for the Colts this offseason. I'm Matt Taylor. I'm joined today by J.J. Stangovitz and Bill Brooks. And NFL free agency starts next week. The man, I'm telling you what, the offseason heating up. We had the combine last week and then NFL free agency. We're seven days away from the legal tampering period, which I always find uh, hilarious in terms of that, that label, fellas. It's kind of oxymoron. But, uh, J.J., as you know, teams are allowed to contact and enter negotiations with unrestricted free agents whose contracts will expire next Wednesday, March the 16th. And then from that point on, baby, free agency, it's on. It's heating up. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, the we always joke about how the NFL offseason – is just not a thing, but you know we've done a, a, a we've done a bunch of these vignettes, and when we started a Mate, it felt like oh, free agency is it you know oh we have so much time to get them done, and now it's like oh my god, we're getting to the end here. <laughs> we're talking about Mark Lewinsky and Chris Reed and, exactly. and what the Colts might do at left guard or right guard, excuse me, next week. Yeah, it's going to be here, and as you said, we've looked at a lot of guys with uh, vignettes, free agents on this podcast series already. We talked about Eric Fisher, we talked about Kamoka Ture. Taekwon Lewis, Xavier Rhodes, and as J.J. said, today we're going to examine two valuable offensive linemen, Mark Lewinsky and Chris Reed. So let's start first with Glow. Uh, he's been with the Colts since 2018, 43 consecutive games um, that he played, including the playoffs, and was on the field for 100% of the snaps in 42 of them, but was replaced in the starting lineup by Chris Reed in Week 8 in a rematch against Tennessee up until that point, Glowinski had not missed a single game due to injury since October of 2018, but this past season played in 16 games, started 14 of them. Bill, I'll start with you. How much value does Mark Glowinski have for the Colts considering his durability, his ability to answer the bell every single time out, and just that, that availability that he's had for the Colts dating back to 2018? Well, as you always, as you guys know, one of the best abilities you have is availability mm-hmm. uh, on the football field, and he has been available for the Colts since he's got here since 2018, as you have stated. And he's played not only not only has it been available, but he's played well as uh, on top of that. So when you have a guy that plays that well, can play uh, as good as he has played over the time period, and been there and been consistent and that's one of the things you want in the offensive line you want consistency on the offensive line hopefully you get your your five starters there which the Colts did not have as much consistency this year with their starting group um but they did have some consistency with guys playing as far as Gawinski playing mm-hmm. and being out there and being available so when you have that that brings a lot of value to your offensive line and you know that guy's going to be there week in and week out you know JJ if you look at Chris Reed this past season 14 games he played six starts he played left guard for the Colts early on in the season when Quentin Nelson was on IR, um, and he played so well that the Colts coaching staff at the time felt compelled to reward him with more playing time when Nelson returned to the lineup. So that meant he started two games at right guard for Glowinski, like we talked about. Take me back to about mid-October, November when that when that happened, J.J. How surprised were you that Chris Reed started some games over Glowinski in the middle of last season? It was a mild surprise, Mate, just for all the reasons you laid out at the start of this podcast about how Mark Lewinsky didn't miss games. He was mm-hmm. one of the most reliable, durable offensive linemen the Colts have seen here. And to say, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna rotate you. 
with Chris Reed, a guy who you know was not really a full-time starter until 2020 with the Carolina Panthers, it 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 was interesting, maybe a little surprising, but it was also deserved on Chris Reed's part because you look at what he did coming in for Quentin Nelson when Q went on injured reserve in the first half of the season. I mean, Chris Reed played very well. He kind of brought that same nasty streak to the offensive line that Quentin Nelson has, that Mark Lewinsky has in that interior. And the the Colts' run game really started to take off. You know, it's not just because Chris Reed was in there, but it was really around, you know, week four, five, six, where you started to see Jonathan Taylor start to become the running back that we all knew as the mm-hmm. best in the NFL by, you know, November, December. And Chris Reed earned those snaps that he took with Mark Lewinsky. And it's always a it's always kind of dicey to rotate anyone, you know, who's not a wide receiver, tight end, running back, uh, defensive lineman. But, you know, tons of credit go to Chris Strasser and Kevin Mawai and Frank Reich for, you know, setting the expectation that, hey, you can earn snaps on this offensive line. You can earn playing time if you step in and show you can play well. And that's exactly what Chris Reed did. You know, I I, I just think that the, those snaps that he took, and yes, Mark Lewinsky wound up taking the starting job back, mm-hmm. and there was not that rotation in the second half of the season, but it wasn't because Glowinski was necessarily struggling to the point that he needed to be replaced. It was more about Chris Reed playing so well that he deserved the shot. And, and the Colts gave it to him, and like you said, at the end of the season, Mark Glowinski was back inserted into that offensive line as the mainstay at, at right guard. You know, guys, the prevailing thought this offseason, when you look at the Colts and you talk about free agency and the roster construction and you know cap space and priorities and things like that, the prevailing thought has been the Colts have to make a decision between either Reed or Glowinski. I'll get both of your guys' thoughts on that, just have you both weigh in. Start with you, Bill. Is it one or the other? Do the Colts have to pick between Reed and Glowinski in free agency? It's either one guy and the other guy is going to be cut loose on the open market? Well, I don't think it's a it's a given that's going to happen, but you would love to have both of these guys back because they do bring value to your offensive line and to your team. But under the, under the circumstances with the salary cap and your other needs at different positions on the team as far as, you know, you're looking at your left tackle as well, and then what are you going to do with Quentin Nelson and then also, you know, the wide receiver position, all those things come into play so you're not sure what's going to be uh, available to you as far as in order to sign these guys. And also, we don't know what offers they're going to get maybe from other teams if they're uh, left to go out there and, and test a free market out there. So uh, it, it's tough. Um, I, th- I think under the circumstances, they're probably going to have to do one or the other. I would love to see them bring both back because um, they bro- both bring some type of value to the offensive line, especially depth. And we know how Chris Ballard loves depth uh, on the offensive line and defensive line as well. So he puts a high value on the play of the offensive line, knowing that you need a good offensive lineman to protect the quarterback and, of course, make holes for Jonathan Taylor. But uh, it's going to be tough, I think, to bring both of them back. Um, but it's not written in stone that then uh, you only have to bring one of them back. So what does it come down to, J.J.? I mean, Bill laid out right there. I mean, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of uh, things invested in the Colts' offensive line right now. Does the cap hit? Does the money determine what the Colts do with this situation between Glowinski and Reed? I mean, looking at it last year, Glowinski had a cap hit of 7.5, Reed's cap hit was just under the $1 million mark. Is it all about money when it comes to making this decision? It's not all about money, but I think you need to factor in here the uh, looming contract extension for Quentin Nelson. And, 
you know, that's something Chris Ballard talked last week at the NFL Combine about, you know, yes, we are going to get that deal done with Quinton, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, during the season, whatever it may be. The Colts are going to get an extension done with Quentin Nelson, and it is going to pay him a lot of money to be the Colts' starting left guard for the, the better part of this next decade. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, you've you've got Ryan Kelly on an extension. You signed Braden Smith to an extension. You still need to address left tackle, which traditionally is going to cost you more money than right guard. Does that lead the Colts to say, we're investing so much money into the other four positions in the offensive line, do we yeah. say, all right, maybe we can get Chris Reed back on a cheaper contract than Mark Lewinsky, who, by the way, I mean, you know, we're talking about the free market here and the, and the free agency. There are a lot of teams that need offensive line help. I mean, every <laughs> around team. the yeah. league, every yeah. right. You know, no team is a perfect offensive line. And, you know, I was looking at uh, Brad Spielberger, his top 200 free agent rankings on pro football focus. He has Mark Lewinsky listed as the number 127 free agent. And that puts him ninth among guards. But then you look at the projected contract that uh, Brad, who I, I think is a really sharp guy, three years, $18.75 million. So that's not a super expensive contract for a player. But again, if you're factoring that in with Braden Smith, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, whoever your left tackle is going to be, whether that's Eric Fisher or someone else, if you don't go the route through the draft there, you're going to have a, an offensive line that's going to be making a lot of money. And I know that's something Chris Ballard is okay with. Mm-hmm. He he very much is a build-through-the-lines type of a football evaluator. But if you know you like what Chris Reed did last year and you think you can get him for you know a couple million cheaper per year than Mark Lewinsky and you don't believe the drop-off is very significant if there is a drop-off at all, then you go ahead and you probably keep Chris Reed and you know Mark Lewinsky, you get a comp pick for him next year. You know, that might be a strategy. But if you also value what Glow brings in that continuity from left guard to right tackle, that's so incredibly rare to find in the NFL to have 80% of your offensive line be kind of set in stone every year, then, yeah, you probably do prioritize bringing back Mark Lewinsky and giving him a fair contract to return here. So it's going to be a really interesting decision next week. No, you're exactly right. I agree with with both of you guys and and what you've had to say so far. But I just think from the other side of it, you know, on the other side of the coin, I think there's an argument because both players are really, really valuable. You know, Chris Ballard, as you said, he loves to prioritize winning up front, and you can't have enough talented offensive linemen. It's, It's sort of like baseball. I use the analogy of bullpen help. Every team needs it. There's just not a lot of it, right? There's you know, those those left-hander pitchers, those lefties that come in in the seventh and eighth inning and they're specialized in situational baseball, those guys just don't grow on trees. You know, every team needs them. There's just not a lot of them out there. Same thing with offensive line depth. But the projecting starting offensive line unit last year played together just four games. So that just goes to show you that injuries happen, or in the last two years, the, the case of, of those seasons, COVID-19, the Colts used 10 different starting offensive line combinations. Nine players started at least three games last year. The last two years, their depth on the offensive line has really been tested, so you can't have enough good options on the offensive line, but there's also this balance bill that you know. I mean, you lived it. You saw teammates come and go. Um, you know, roster construction of the NFL, it's a real thing, and it's constantly fluid. You also have to think about the rest of the team uh, in terms of needs as well. So this is a really interesting conversation to be having because you want great offensive line depth because inevitably you're going to need it. But at the same time, there's only 
the, the pie is only so big and you, you need wide receiver help and you need cornerback depth and you need edge rusher depth as well. So this is kind of a, a tricky thing for Chris Ballard and his staff right now. It is. It is a, a tricky thing because as you state, you know, you, you talk about wide receiver, you might you want to might want to get another playmaker at wide receiver. Depending on what Jack Doyle does, you don't know what you're going to do at tight end. You want to maybe get uh, you might look at getting bringing in a veteran uh, pass rusher on the edge there. So you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what's going to be available to you. You don't know what's going to be out there. And those are other needs that you have to address during the offseason. Now, they might address it during a free agency or they might address it uh, through uh, the draft. So either way, you still have to address those issues and you still have to find mm-hmm. people that can hopefully fill those roles that you're looking for. And when you're doing that, you know, usually like anything else, you know, if you're going to if you're going to put your eggs in one basket, you know what, you're going to take it from somewhere else. And unfortunately, that might happen on the offensive line. If you're going right. to put uh, your emphasis on getting a playmaker, say, say, for instance, well, then you know what, you might not have as much money there for an offensive lineman. And, and those guys might see uh get an offer somewhere else and, and go to that offer with another team and, and, and take that offer. But you never know. So it's, it's, it is a delicate balancing uh, act that Chris uh, Ballot has to do during this offseason, and it's going to be very difficult. But um, you know what? Either one of Glowinski or Reed, both of those guys have played well. They've done a, a great job here with the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, I would love to see both of them back, as I said earlier. Right. And I think either one that comes back, I think you're going to get a, a good quality uh, player at guard and uh you know Reed can play center as well and play some other positions uh mm-hmm. uh outside mm-hmm. of outside of uh, right guard it's a really good point about chris reed by the way that he does have that flexibility to slide over at center um you know we saw that he he did he played a little bit of it before this year but when ryan kelly had uh the elbow injury in training camp and then danny pinter had a, a i think it was a foot injury Yes. Later on in camp, then Chris Reed was in there playing a little bit of center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Colts do have good backup there, though, in Danny Pinter, a guy who Chris Ballard singled out last week, said he believes he has a bright future here in Indianapolis. Someone that they do trust to go play, whether it's guard or center, to be able to step in there. Um, you know, the, that that piece of depth could also influence, you know, going back to the question about do you bring them both back? Um, maybe that influences how the Colts look at this and in, in saying, hey, you know, we can yeah. count on Danny Pinter to step in if needed. Well, that's that's a good segue because that kind of ties into the last question I have for you guys. I mean, if if Reed comes back and Glowinski doesn't, then you would probably, sitting here on March the whatever as we're taping this, you would probably at that point pencil in Chris Reed to start at right guard. Same thing if Reed doesn't come back. If it's Glowinski, Glowinski's at right guard, but Reed's gone. Do the Colts have that Swiss Army knife? I mean, the Colts have you know, always had that guy that can play guard. He can play tackle. Hell, he can play center in a pinch. You know, in the past, it's been Joe Haig. If you go back before that, Bill, it was Joe Wright. Do so the Colts have that yes. guy on this offensive line if Reed is here and Glowinski's not or vice versa? Well, I, I think right now you have the closest thing you have right now is Danny Pinner uh, as – J.J. mentioned, you know, he can play uh, play center and filled in for Kelly uh, during this year, and he also can play guard. Um, but also another guy you can look at, even though he is a free agent, like Matt Pryor. Mm-hmm. Matt Pryor played right tackle, left tackle, and he could play guard as well. So that's another guy, depending on what happens in free agency with him, uh, you could bring him back, and he can play those multiple positions, which I think adds a lot to the offensive line because you need those guys – that can play multiple positions. You never know what's going to happen in the game. You know, you have a guy that's injured and you're going into the game, you're using your backup. Well, you know what? Someone gets injured during that game. Well, you might have to move guys around and 
put a guy that used to play tackle, now he has to play guard and move, put it in a backup tackle. So you have to be very flexible, and you need those guys so you can be flexible in a game and also throughout the season because, as you stated earlier, Matt, there are injuries. The injuries are just going to happen, on the, especially on the offensive line to those right. guys. So you have to be ready, prepared, and have those guys ready to go in a, in a uh, moment's notice that can play multiple positions. Yeah, I was going to just bring up Matt Pryor as well here. You know, he has, like you mentioned, Bill, he has experience playing all over. He's played, last year he played both tackle positions as well as right guard in that game against, I believe it was, uh, the, was that the Cardinals game where he had to slide in there when yes. Chris yep. Reed got kind of got banged up. up. Mm-hmm. But Matt Pryor also has played a little bit of left guard when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's another guy uh, kind of in the same vein as Chris Reed that the Colts are really happy they picked up when they did in that trade with the Eagles on cutdown day last September, he, you know, another guy, the versatility, the athleticism, the size, that kind of nasty streak to him. Uh, Chris Pellard was really pre- pleased with the way that Matt P- Pryor played last year. So another guy to kind of throw in there to keep an eye on in free agency. You know, if the Colts do decide to bring him back uh, and Chris Reed back, then, hey, those, that would be a sign that they were pretty successful in finding that offensive line depth that Chris Pellard was so focused on finding yeah. a year ago. Chris Ballard was pleased with the way that Pryor played last season. That's a tongue twister, JJ. Easy well done. for you to say, <laughs> voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Oh, that was I good. just write for a living. No, as, as, as you said that, I'm saying, well done. That's a tongue twister right there. You know, well, I, with, I did, with Sally you, you down know, by the sea back, with the seashores. If you go back and listen to it, I actually, I think I said Ballard was preased with no, Pryor. No, you, you got so it. I think I kind of, I think <laughs> I did trip. You, you, hit it, you hit it right on the head, JJ. You did. He was pleased so, with the way Pryor played. So you'd say that five times fast. Tough. Better you than me. (laughs) (laughs) Great work, guys. That's a look at the uh, exhaustive look at Chris Reed and Mark Glowinski in free agency. Later on this week, we'll look at Al-Kadim Mohammed at pass rusher. And then next week, we'll take a look at the future of T.Y. Hilton. Bill, T.Y.'s flirting with coming back for the Colts. What do you think? I love it. I love it. I want want him to flirt. I would like for him to make that decision (laughs) and uh, commit. (laughs) We'll see what happens, though. Exactly. We'll see if he still has an itch to play in his 11th season in the NFL, and we'll see if it's uh, with the Colts starting in free agency. Also, a reminder, we were loaded at the Combine last week. Check all of those shows and those interviews from the Combine last week right now. Also coming up on Thursday of this week, we'll have our Inside the Draft podcast with Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Colts Audio Network. For Bill Brooks, J.J. Stankovitz, I'm Matt Taylor. That's a tongue twister as well. And we'll have more all week long leading into NFL free agency right here on the Colts Audio Network.